Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Epstein for another edition of the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet. This is Four Center, and that means Joseph Scrimshaw and Jennifer Landa are here. Oh, I can't wait to dig into all the adventures of the week. We've had some adventures. <laughs> yes, we have. 
<laughs> Says the tired mom with a sick child. <laughs> Happy belated Mother's Day. Thank you. I feel like I'm crossing the finish line crawling. <laughs> crawling in there. And now to talk about Star Wars. <laughs> now. Happy Mother's Day. Yes. <laughs> well, at least we did get that special Star Wars ranked Mother's Day edition. Thank you again, Jennifer, for uh, bringing in uh, all that wonderful, uh, the, those five points of greatness. And if you haven't checked it out, guys, go listen to that show. We just put it out there this past Sunday on Mother's Day. So thanks again. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was fun. And I'm now thinking of even more mother instances in Star Wars. Absolutely. Nice. You, there's more to come, I'm there's sure. There's more to come. A sequel. <laughs> Maybe next year. Maybe next year. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Joseph, uh, by the look of your social media, you went to a magical kingdom. I did. I went to Disneyland. It was great fun. A friend uh, was in from out of town and generously invited uh, my wife and I to go to Disneyland with him. And it was cool to see some of the new Star Wars stuff. Again, uh, it went to the uh, Star Tours ride, which now uh, has, it ends on a commercial. I think we maybe touched on it. Really? With news, it was cool to see it, uh, experience it. Uh, you know, it still starts with the Jakku stuff like it has since Force Awakens. Right. Uh, and then I went to Crate. That was really, really cool and Ooh. really fun. Mm. But then <laughs> you come to this strange new place and 3 is like, I'm paraphrasing, 3 is like, where is this? It looks amazing. And uh, oh, it's Batu. Oh, I see. It seems like we have many more adventures to come. And like, it looks cool. It looks like the design, and you just swoop into like clearly, like, oh, you swoop past the tower that they're building Mm. over there. Mm. uh, And you see all of the, you know, marketplace and different people in exotic costumes and aliens. But it literally ends on. It looks like we have a lot of adventures to come. And you could just hear, like, and we're going to take your money. <laughs> Please file out and head directly to Star Wars Land, Galaxy's yeah. Edge. Yeah, it was really funny. Like, for some people, like, cool. Like, we walked out, yeah. and uh, my friend's wife, who likes Star Wars, but, you know, doesn't do a weekly podcast about it. Yeah. It's like, cool. What planet is that? And I was like, it's Commercial Planet. It's Batu. It's right <laughs> over there. It's right behind Big Thunder Mountain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, uh, that's good times. That's Which, smart. Yeah. I I did Smart. go on Big Thunder Mountain, and you yeah. get to the top, and you know you're supposed to be it's, paying attention to the ride, and like, oh hey, there's Star Wars Land. Oh it's yeah, under yep. construction. I mean, luckily, right. Big Thunder Mountain's always been like my favorite ride at Disneyland, so oh, I yeah. have the excuse of going there. Uh, but that's great. You got to meet Kylo Ren. I saw. I did. Oh, yes. That was uh, fascinating and disturbing. Uh, we met yeah. Kylo, and we met Ray. You know, you get there, and they oh. have the different like. Here's how long it takes. It's like 20 minutes to meet Ray, five minutes to meet Kylo. Really? It was a very weird, loaded experience because. Because, you know, normally they have the professional photographer who will take their, you know, uh, nice ones and then try to sell them to you. Yes. Or they'll grab your phone. Oh, uh-huh. They didn't have a professional uh, camera in there with Kylo. Really? He was very tall. <laughs> he immediately came over. And the only other time I've been there, they were really busy. And we saw Darth Vader. And Darth Vader was like, yeah, the Empire. Anyway, stand here. We'll take your photo. Bye. <laughs> yeah. I forgot that it's supposed to be a role-playing experience. Yeah. That you're supposed to meet the characters. Mm-hmm. And it was busy enough that Kylo had some time for us, and it was role-playing, Yeah, but it felt like I should have been given a safe word, because he was <laughs> so into playing the mean, cruel. So he came over, and they have the, the voices perfect. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask. You, okay. It's absolutely. That, that yeah. you know, filter on the mask is like, are you with the resistance of the First Order? Oh, that's so creepy. And I was like, I don't know, a little bit of both. And then he was like... I know what you are. And like, he got really, <laughs> Oh my! Gosh. and I wasn't trying to be a smart ass. I was just trying to be like kind of playful. Like, and, yeah. and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm totally open to like, I think you got a lot of great points of view. 
And then he just, he made this like power gesture, like I should move aside. <laughs> and then I didn't move aside fast enough. And he actually put his hand on me and like. He assaulted you. Did, it wasn't quite an assault, but he just gently moved me out of the way and then started interrogating the rest of the people I was with. Oh my gosh. That's and awesome. at one point he's like, you know, you will all, you know, bow to right. the first order. And I just like, I gave him a thumbs up and he gave me the silencing gesture. Oh. Like, I don't even speak. <laughs> I just did a thumbs up. And he's like, hmm. Yeah, and then I took the photo with him that I posted on social media of, you know, mm. showing my rebel insignia. Uh, <laughs> and then he's like, I knew it. <laughs> it was very fun, oh, but like right experience. on that edge of like, you are playing him accurately, right. too accurately. And this is a little frightening. You, Get cr- ready. you cracked the system. Yeah. Because <laughs> not only is it like a script, and Jen, this is something you would know more, but it's like, I, it's like I almost wonder if it was pre recorded because I've interacted with him, mm. but it seems like you broke it. Seems yeah. like you got him to a different place. <laughs> That's, I will tell you this, having worked at Disneyland, is that you really have to prepare your character. You learn the backstory, and it mm. really is like true improv because yeah. you get thrown, kids will throw you all sorts of things. Oh, yeah. You know, so you got to be on your game and mm. know an answer to everything. He was probably really excited to meet you and saw your oh, sure. insignia shirt and was like, ah, yes. I got the vibe that maybe lots of people had come in through here with like, oh, Kylo, are you going to take off your helmet and cry? And like, maybe this poor actor mm. just takes that <laughs> joke all day. I'm take like, shirt hey, up. emo, you know, are you going to listen to the cure and cry today? Like, I wonder if he gets that from smart asses all day. Yeah. Probably. Thought that I was yeah. headed in that direction. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I was not. Uh, a knowledgeable, mature Star Wars fan. <laughs> <laughs> took him on a good, good play acting. It was him. very, very fun. And Ray was great, too. That's ah, great. looks great. I, I, I haven't been to Disney in a while, so I want to get over there and check on... Uh, check, I haven't, the crate thing, I bet, is interesting. It was really, really yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. This, uh, uh, well, I don't want to give it away. It's, yeah. There, there's yeah. some fun moments. Oh. That's great. And speaking of not wanting to give it away, yes, let's acknowledge to some, if you follow, uh, I, d- I was fortunate enough to attend the solo... A Star Wars Story world premiere on behalf of Collider. Uh, got paid to cover the film for them, so brought in for that, uh, which means I'm not giving any reactions anyway. Uh, and, and people have been trying to, you know, on Twitter, trying to figure it out which way that means. <laughs> I am down the middle. Uh, I'm like one of those British guards, the beef eaters that stand there and stare off in the distance. Um, but it was there for Collider, and uh, we want to take some moment to say, with the Force Center team, we want to get the Force Center team there. You can help by spreading the word and news of Force Center and getting our numbers bigger, quite frankly. That's yeah, what it yeah. Is. yeah. I mean, there's, there's the uh, connection game of who do you know, who can yep. you ask, but even with that, I've got some friends who've... Um, doesn't really well play in the connection game of like, oh, they can talk to somebody who can talk to somebody, but that, then it still comes down to numbers. Yeah. And we're, we're doing good, but we can always use more numbers. So thanks for all of the support and all the suggestions. But if you like Force Center because you think it's got a different spin, let your other Star Wars fans know. Absolutely. That would help. That would help. So we are going to dive into a fun episode today. Let's talk Lando is what we're looking at. But I do want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. You can get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iphone android kindle or mp3 player and a little bit later we will have our official force center recommendation of an audiobook that we think you should check on and as always jennifer is going to lead us through some of the latest star wars news yes so the star wars media blitz is finally here and the cast of solo has been working very hard promoting the film (laughs) in addition to facebook live interviews and Twitter Q&As, the cast did the usual press junkets last week where they spoke to a ton of media outlets and bloggers. 
One interview that was unusual was when Alden Ehrenreich spoke to Entertainment Tonight. Alden was in the middle of answering a question about what advice Harrison Ford gave him when they first met, when suddenly... Harrison Ford himself showed up. It was a really cute moment where Harrison told Alden, hey, get out of get out of my chair and get out of my life, which I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> a little uh, different. But the, the best part was that Alden seemed genuinely surprised, and he looked like a kid meeting his hero, even though they've met. Mm. Like, there was this clear, like, you're a movie star, and I'm new to this world, which yeah. got me kind of thinking, like, if there is a sequel, how is Alden going to change? Like we right. saw it with Daisy Ridley, yeah. her first time around, really right. wide-eyed. Now <laughs> yeah. she's like old hat, yeah. you know, able to, to answer questions really quickly. And it's just really, it's really fascinating to remind ourselves that he is kind of a newbie. I mean, this yeah. is his first huge film that he's leading. Yeah, yeah. It was such a really... Did you guys see the video? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was beautiful. You know, it's that great uh, grumpy Harrison Ford followed up by the really effusive <laughs> yeah. about how yeah. smart he thought Alden was and the way he played it, which mm. is yeah. such a co- an actor compliment. Mm-hmm. Like, you made the right choices. Yeah. yeah. Not like you just happened to have the right face for this role, but... I, Harrison Ford, think you made correct acting choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a huge compliment. It, 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 you mentioned, like, the grumpy Harrison, which we know is is true. If you've known know some reporter people who've interacted with him at press junkets, yeah. he can be grumpy. Yeah. But I also, in, as he gets older, I, I think it's also more of a fun character for him. Right. <laughs> yes, it that's seems what it like seems he's... Like yeah. Yeah. Get uh-huh. out of my chair. Get off my plane. Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing a bit. Yeah. And right. it's interesting. Our, our friend of the show, Ash Crossan, was there. She works for ET Online. Of course, she was there in the room. And, and I, I saw some of her tweets, and she, she can confirm that Alden did not know. And I think... As typical with the, some uh, some of the certain corners of the internet, sometimes there was a lot of doubt of how genuine this w- this was. And yeah, there was a film crew there, I think, capturing stuff with with Harrison. But even Ron Howard tweeted out, Alden had no idea. So that that whole interaction was was genuine, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah, and, and there was even a photo set. I don't know if you guys saw it. I think Star Wars, uh, the Twitter account itself posted it of Harrison talking with Alden afterwards, mm. kind of putting his hand on his on his shoulder. They yeah. were having like a real oh, in the hallway. Yeah, in the something. hallway, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was a real moment, and I think that there is a there is a true. Uh, he really does respect him yeah. as an actor, and I think also feels like <laughs> he's taking on a huge role. Alden Ehrenreich. Yeah. This is a huge amount of pressure. And I so. believe the the previous reporting that Alden Harrison obviously met, mm-hmm. but that Harrison really didn't tell him much. Yes. Like maybe he, here's a little bit about my experience. You do that without what you want, but nothing directorial mm-hmm. because he thought it would confuse Alden yeah. if he's just trying to imitate him or whatever. Right. Um, so this must be fun from Harrison's perspective too of like, I didn't want to mess anything up by saying anything, but now that you've done it, yeah, I can talk to you for mm, real. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I want to be a fly on the wall and hear <laughs> what they're talking about. Yeah. Harrison is an actor's actor at the end of the day. So that's yes. what you're saying, Joseph, makes a lot of sense. Exactly. Well, there was a little bit of confusion uh, <laughs> last <laughs> week, but we finally got more details on John Favreau's live action TV series that will air on the Disney streaming platform. Favreau was at the solo premiere when he told Nerdist News that the story takes place seven years after the Battle of Yavin. 
The series will center on a new cast of characters, um, and it will also feature CGI that they, the kind of similar CGI that they used for The Jungle Book. He also shared that he has written half of the season already, which is good since the show is set to air in 2019. <laughs> and he also said that he had already written four episodes even before he had the job. Uh, <laughs> not just as like a pitch to them, but it's because he's been thinking about these Star Wars, <laughs> this Star Wars series wow. for a very long time. Like he's a tr- wow. yeah, real yeah. fan. Okay, so yeah. there was some confusion because originally it was reported that it was seven years after the Battle of Endor. Yeah. But now we know seven years after the Battle of Yavin, which makes it three years after... Return of the Jedi, and then post the Battle of Jakku. Yeah. What do you guys think about this time frame that this series is going to be set in? Is there is there a lot to play with? Because you guys have read the Aftermath book. Yeah. I need to read them now. This is mm. confirmation I need to read them. Yeah, I think the world is wide open. I think what is really interesting about it is it is not only going to be fresh to us, the audience, it's a fresh galaxy to the characters. Mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. this is basically not only the end of the Galactic Civil War, but a lot of people have been affected by the Clone Wars, either living through them if they're older or their parents' generation. So Aftermath really sets it up as like, okay, here's here's all of the adjustment to this new world. So even if this is a story of pirates and scoundrels, like wha- how much is the New Republic going to crack down on us? Or if this is a story of Mandalore, like what does our government do now in this new world. Mm, mm-hmm. To me, I think it's just the freshness of what's the galaxy going to be like next and how do I fit into it? Right. Seems like the story. Excellent idea to take on that fresh galaxy for everybody because the Aftermath series, I think, where it succeeds best for me was the state of the galaxy afterwards. Yeah. It's a mess. It's kind of chaotic. you got to rebuild this. It isn't easy. It's never easy. We see in Bloodline by then. It's still a struggle. It's still, you know, where power is removed. There's new t- people trying to put their thumbprint yeah. on vacuums the Vacuums everywhere, yeah. The power vacuums, yes. Um, which reminds me, I have some chores around the house to do, but... <laughs> I uh, am intrigued that Favreau had it sitting around in his brain for a while because yeah, right? that means he was thinking about this and it wasn't a group decision. Wasn't it, you know? I'm sure Bob Iger, Kathleen Kennedy, Store Group, whatever you want to say, they might have sat around and said, "Oh, this is interesting." But it means he's been ruminating on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as someone who's involved with the Clone Wars and playing Pre Vizsla and all that kind of stuff, uh, I'm 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 more intrigued than even. I was before, and I had heard some rumors of what, what this might have been, and, and this is this is intriguing to me more. Yeah. Mm. I'm so fascinated with that detail, which I had not heard until you just said it, Jennifer, that he had already been thinking this. And that yeah. makes me think that this is like <laughs> some sweaty teens... <laughs> 1990, <laughs> I just played the RPG for the first time. You know, I mean, I'm just yeah. going to have a, a hut who's actually a Sith, and it's going to have like you know, right. Dan Bolo. And it's like, <laughs> I know it's not going to be that, but yeah. it makes me think of just like, this has been, this is written on loose leaf paper yeah. in 1990. He's been sitting on it. I love that. Total looked, fan fiction, crazy town. Yeah. I love it. In the interview, because I watched the interview where he said this, he looked like giddy when he was, when he was sharing <laughs> that piece of information. That's, yeah. Like finally, I get to share my my teen thoughts with yeah. the yeah. world. <laughs> it, it's it's so interesting to see the celebrities because you know celebrities are just like us people who are Star Wars fans. You mm-hmm. see them talking about Iraq, and he is one. The yeah. fact that he was writing spec scripts, yeah, on his own. <laughs> I love it. I um, love it. But we'll talk more about Favreau's show at the end. We got some uh, speculating uh, to do based on some questions. It's gonna be fun. Absolutely. So we may not be getting a new Star Wars film until next year, but until then. 
we'll have plenty to read. Flight of the Falcon is a new series of books and comics centered around the Millennium Falcon that will connect all eras of Star Wars. So each story will chronicle a different flight of the Falcon and include a map of that flight path to help readers understand the time and place where each story is set. The series will journey through the time period just before Solo, a Star Wars story, to the original trilogy, to the sequel trilogy, and end on the world of Batu. Step <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right up. Step right up. So these series of books are aimed for middle grade fans, uh, but we will be, of course, combing them for any new canon or reveals, I think, or will we? I mean, mm. it kind of feels like it's interesting because I was thinking about it. I'm like, well, most middle graders are probably not reading Last Shot. Yeah. Probably not. So this really mm. is uh, a nice little thing for them to tie into Solo and also get them excited about Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, yeah. I think the Galaxy's Edge thing is huge. <laughs> you can already hear the kids yeah. explain it to their parents. Like, right? no, no, no. But when Han and Chewie came here in the Falcon, yeah. They're taking over. I Mom, love it. we have to go to Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. yeah. What a integrated marketing. Yeah. It's all over. I'm so curious to see if it's got like details of like mm. the delicious foods and the, <laughs> you know, unique Tuscan Raider dolls you can buy or whatever they're going to be I love trying it. to yeah. sell. Imagine uh, if, if, if I had a kid that age that was reading this, I love the idea that they're going to know more than me and like pointing out this, you know, oh, look at there's there's that. Tuscan Reader blush that was yeah. mentioned in my book. <laughs> you know, yeah. but, uh, it's very clever. I'm excited for the maps, excited for the book, excited yeah, the to maps. see how far this goes. You know, we're going to get the uh, the Irwin boys, Duquesne. What are we oh, going to yeah, get? Yeah. You know, who has this ship? Because the ship is a character. If you didn't think so, uh, check The Force Awakens, the big pop in the crowds everywhere when the, the hunk of junk was uh, revealed. Yeah. So there's a lot to track for this ship. Absolutely. There's a lot yeah. to like go of like, yeah, the ship is a character, the old yeah. uh, Sex in the City. But New York is a character, but yeah, these the Falcon is a character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was interested to see that one of the authors is a, a, a guy I know from conventions. Oh, uh, who who uh, is a, kind of a British Han Solo of the convention scene? Ah. <laughs> yeah, uh, Lou Anders. He's a he's a British gentleman who does a lot of Doctor Who stuff, and uh, and he's a he's a charming rogue at the bar and a, a fun guy. So it made me really interested to see like his take and see if. Yeah, these will be for middle graders. There's not going to be anything like grossly inappropriate. Lando's not going to be stroking Leku, I think, uh, like he is in Last Shot. <laughs> right. But that they're not going to be like, and then Han raised his blaster yeah. and he fired twice. Like that there's going to be some like, you know, kids can read up to these books is yes, my guess. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, another one of the things I'm sure we'll be thumbing through those pages, like you said, Jennifer, to see what we can pull out of it. Yeah. And it kind of makes me want actually a map of each book that we read because I need that. I mm-hmm. need to know where we're going. I need like the visual guide. It, I get confused. It works because it needs to work for anything George R. R. Martin writes with right. Song of Ice and Fire. I mean, that's that's one I love maps. I always talk about how we get pulled into it. And and, and through our databank brawl battles, we've we discovered that SWGalaxyMap.com, I think yeah. it is, oh. uh, which is a really great legends and canon kind of map. It just it's from afar, it doesn't go into too much detail, but I that stuff yeah me too hang it on a wall yeah <laughs> so that is it for the news because we're trying to remain you know spoiler free speculation free here absolutely we're gonna go in with open hearts clear eyes and whatever uh, other football <laughs> terms we can come up with here but i do want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by audible you can get a free audio audiobook and download that 30-day free trial the website is audibletrial.com slash force center and we 
Today, are recommending Joseph. Smuggler's Run by Greg Rucka. This is one of those uh, three young adult novels that came out on the journey to The Force Awakens. It's mm. the one that focuses on Han. It's uh, I read it in one sitting, uh, wow. or one lane, because I was in bed, and like, I'll read a chapter. I read the whole damn thing. It's just <laughs> a fast, fun Han Solo in Chewie adventure ties into a bit of canon. We meet an Imperial officer who gets referenced in Shattered Empire. It's a story about Han rescuing uh, Kaelun Emat. Uh, Emat is from the sequel trilogy. He's oh. the guy who walks on the salt and reveals the red uh, so Sergeant Sharp can go salt. Uh, you know, so he's very important to Star Wars canon, Emat. Wow. So it's a really fun read, and it's yet another point where, uh, or a listen, rather, in this context, where uh, everything gets connected. Absolutely. I haven't checked it out, and I like uh, Rucka's work, so maybe yeah. it's time for me to check it out, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. So to download your free audio book today, go to audibletrial.com slash forcecenter. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash forcecenter for your free audio book. So to help get us ready for Solo, A Star Wars Story, we figure we're going to focus on three of the big characters in that movie, not just in that movie, but the Star Wars galaxy. Next week, we're going to be taking a look at Han and Chewbacca, you've heard of them, but this week, just <laughs> as important, is Lando Calrissian, Joseph Scribshaw. We're going to dive into the man behind the capes. That's right. Let's get hyped about Lando, and I just want to start with a walk down memory lane. Uh, I'm fascinated how Star Wars is a different experience, and each individual character is almost a different mm-hmm. experience, fan by fan. So, Jennifer, I want to start with you. You... Got hooked on Return of the Jedi, right? Mm-hmm. What are your first memories, feelings, thoughts, emotions, reactions to Lando Calrissian? From what I can remember, I was really excited when I saw him pull down his skiff guard <laughs> mask in Jabba's palace. It was like, oh, okay, we're gonna be okay. You know, it was it was a it, it was a moment where I was like, oh, there's there's friends in all sorts of places here, uh, <laughs> and he's literally a friend in low places. In low places, yeah, exactly. And it was cool because. For me, he was a person of color, and and I was excited to see somebody that that was l- like me in some sense, you yeah. know. And and I was like, this is this is great. Um, and I just he seemed like just a good guy. It wasn't until later that I was that I got a whole new impression of Lando <laughs> than my my first one, which was he was a hero. Yeah, he was just a, a stand stand up guy. With a great smile, and then you say, <laughs> and then you saw Empire later, and like, whoa, yeah, come on, Lando, yeah, and I was like, wait a minute, what what happened? My, my good guy Lando <laughs> is actually quite a, a scoundrel, but then he made me intrigued about the history between him and Han, which we're gonna get, yeah. in Solo: A Star Wars Story, which is pretty cool. Yeah, how about you, Ken? You know, so I, I actually had a very similar. Reaction and timeline of reactions. Uh, even though I'm a couple years older, I saw Jedi first before I saw Empire and New Hope before I registered all of them. Mm-hmm. So that pulling down of the mask is it was like, oh, it's a friendly face. Yeah. Like you just kind of assume, like, look at that guy's gonna help. Yeah. Like not even knowing who he was, just literally Didn't his know. face. You're just like, if I was lost at the mall, I'd go to that yes, guy. <laughs> right. I'd go to him. Exactly. I'd go to him. Yeah. And uh, that's why I think I've always been partial, and we're gonna talk a little bit more, but I love that getup that he's in, right? It just yeah. so so he pulls down the mask and and so I was very aware of Lando. Lando was a, always has been one of my favorite characters, but here's uh, might get into weird uh, <laughs> weird psycho. <laughs> go for it. My mother. Happily married still to this day. <laughs> Loves Billy D. Williams. Oh, all right. Oh, wow. 
wow. like I grew up thinking she would be like, oh, he is a handsome man. Mm. Like, like mom. So I like, she was happy to, to watch Return of the Jedi with me. Oh uh, and then uh, at Empire, because she, I, I would always, I just, I knew Billy D. Williams' name, I think before I really understood who Harrison Ford was or Mark Hamill was. Mm. Wow. Uh, Billy D. was wow. a name I heard around the house a lot. My mother loved Billy D. Williams. Um, so then you had the same thing, go back to Empire. So I think as a kid, I was slightly confused. It could have been the sequel to Jedi. I'm not sure. You <laughs> right, know? exactly. But uh, yeah, to see him go back, I've always been. It didn't. The the Empire probably the Lando story Empire didn't have the impact on me that it, it maybe should have. I'd seen him in order. Mm-hmm. To be fair, but yeah, Lando. That skiff guard moment. Yeah, skiff guard moment is powerful. This it, it's so weird. Uh, you know, talking about Star Wars, you cannot hide your age, and that I am <laughs> like uh, I think a year and a half older than you can, yeah. and that makes all the difference because I saw Empire and had years, three years to actively speculate about what is next, <laughs> mm. and that makes a whole different impression of Lando because we first see him in his right. most charming, his most stereotypical of like, what have we here? And you know, yeah. you truly belong with us here among the clouds. And Empire left all of those questions. Yeah. And one of it was like, is Darth Vader really Luke's father? That was like a legit thing to sure. discuss because that was a little bit open for debate. You know, could they ever possibly win? Will Han ever get out of the carbonite? And one of those big questions is, can they trust Lando? Oh, Why are yeah. they letting him go after Han? Can he truly be trusted? I think one of the old Tops cards was like, friend or foe, Lando Calrissian, mm. and it implanted that question. Yeah. But when I was thinking back about it, the really remarkable thing is I should have hated him because Mm. he did this to Han. He apologizes in the movie and gets choked and goes after (laughs) Han. So he's he's already doing a lot to make up for it. Uh, But I never disliked him. Hmm, yeah. I was never like, I shouldn't trust that guy. Mm. Yeah. It was just all, he was just so much a part of that story of, which is so powerful of the heroes getting their asses kicked Mm. every possible way, physically, emotionally. And like that, that sense of like, but he was Han's friend. Like it was such a successful part of Empire, and I think he, to his credit, he plays it so so well. Of like, I'm sorry, I had no choice. They arrived right before you did. Like you believe that Lando is is sorry. You believe that Lando didn't want to have to do that. Yeah, it's a great line delivery from Billy D. Mm -hmm. When when you just say, "I don't just right before you did." There's just kind of this resignation to what he did, but also just like. Hey man, I'm just trying to make my way through the galaxy. I got exactly. my own problems. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. I think there was something about him that was almost relatable down to that. Uh, you know, mm. very, very uh, far removed from me. Mm. You know, a, a skinny little kid uh, who already felt kind of awkward and not like the smooth guy mm. in the room. Uh, but he still seemed so relatable, even though he was so charming and so far away and so full of capes <laughs> that uh, that he was still like, look, yeah. look, we all got our own problems. I'm just trying to do my best. And like, that's how I feel about my chores. <laughs> 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 Same here, Lando. In the way. Uh, yeah. So uh, since a big part of our experience of Star Wars is merch, what if any Lando merch did you have as a kid? Uh, did you have now that that made this character grow closer to you? I. I know I had the in skiff disguise Kenner figure yeah. no longer mm-hmm. with me the whole Kenner collection damn it um, but I'm trying to think and you know what I didn't have a lot well, which is yeah. why my 6 inch black series uh, Empire Lando is one of my favorite black series figures it's bold and bright the colors stand yeah. out it's on my wall and it's like cool a Lando toy yeah, a yeah. nice prized possession. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Jennifer? I only have, I have the Lando and Skiffguard action figure, um, but I recently saw a shirt 
that I want so badly. <laughs> it looks like it's a vintage 70s t-shirt with Lando's face on mm. it. And I just was like, oh, man, we need more Lando merchandise. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, maybe there was a bunch, but mm. I, I don't feel like I got as much as I would have liked. Well, I got, didn't get any, really, except for the action figure. <laughs> yeah. 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 Did you have that as a kid? No, yeah, the no. Later okay. on. Later on in life. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think I've mentioned before with action figures that, uh, you know, we they were divided. My brother and I would play with one another's toys, but we knew who owned which toys. <laughs> and uh, and he owned Empire Lando. And like, that's fine. Okay. All right. All fair enough. Fair mm. enough. Uh, and then th- when Jedi w- was coming out, uh, people of a certain age will know the commercial where they're revealing how amazingly cool it is that there's a Lando and a Leia where you can take their masks off. Mm. Oh, yeah. And there's a commercial where a kid's playing with them. He says, surprise, surprise, it's Lando Calrissian in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And to this day, oh I, I, like, I swear yep. to God, I'm going to sit watching Solo and I'm going to be like, surprise, surprise, it's Lando Calrissian in disguise. <laughs> it's just so etched in my brain and just how cool it was that you could actually take their masks off. That was such a leap forward yeah. in action figure oh, technology. Yeah. It's true. Uh, and it was so cool cool to see Lando in such a different circumstances Mm -hmm. in such different looks of like being in disguise and then being a general and talk a little bit more about all of his looks. But uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, just having those action figures around was like, you know, a real connection to that character. Absolutely. Mm. I I also have another one. Uh, You guys drink out of it occasionally. My vintage Empire Strikes Back Lando glass that I picked up at uh, Wizard World Chicago a few years ago, or maybe it was Celebration. I think it was Celebration 2015. Yeah. yeah. You rarity. guys get to partake in that one. Yeah. <laughs> get to sip out of Lando. Yeah. I tried to get one at a, at a vintage store not that long ago, mm-hmm. and it was sitting on the counter. And I went, oh. And then the guy behind the counter said, no, 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 no. The guy is shopping over there. He's, these, these are his. These are his. And I'm like, Gosh dang it. I, I can't find those glasses. Uh, well, tell oh, you really? what, tell you what, if you ever get where, where the Four Center Studios uh, Burbank edition are, there's a great store in walking distance from here that has all of them and multi- multiple ver- collections of, of them you can purchase. What? Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You'll have to tell me the secret store. <laughs> yeah. So we knew Lando through action figures yep. and uh, Burger King glasses. Absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's a character for us. So I want to talk a little bit about how he's evolved. Obviously, he's mm. really evolved in the last few years. Or I, I shouldn't say evolved, but been better defined by all of the Star Wars storytelling, mm. I think. How do you feel about who the character is now compared to how the character existed in your mind as a kid? Mm. I think for me now he represents uh, growth in, in in the galaxy and how you you can can change and just seeing what he goes at the beginning of Empire the lines you're talking about Joseph yeah. uh, you know he is you already get a sense that there was a past that he's trying to change from or grow from but I, that was lost on me as a kid other than it just you know um, you gather oh he owns this house you know <laughs> you know Cloud City is his he lives here. Um, and to see where he goes, which is why I love the, from a certain point of view story of Lando, when he's just like watching the holonet footage of, of the you know news at 11, Death Star explodes, and he's like, yeah, that's the Falcon, and I know who's flying that. Why is Han committing to this? Um, I love this, this kind of growth from smuggler to general. Han does the same thing, but Lando's, uh, it's just as important. And I think I pick up on that now more. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because he was always such a great character who really, I mean, every scene that he's in, I just, I relished it. And Billy Dee's performance 
was fantastic. I mean, we can just, these lines are so iconic, you know, mm-hmm. and, and there's, there's not many of them. And yet he really gave a lot in each performance that he uh, was in in each film. But I will say that last shot for me is what has kind of rounded out the character, mm. seeing him in these different situations, having him fall in love and coming to grips with that, his relationship with Han. It, it, this really, it's a testament to Daniel Jose Older's writing. Yeah. It's, it, I really felt like I was in Lando's head mm. so many times. It was awesome. Yeah, and I, I think it really connects back to that great, uh, from a certain point of view story, mm. where he feels like, I understand the galaxy, and I'm kind of open to change and dancing with uh, whatever life throws at me. But truly being confused about what, what? Heroism? Love? Yeah. <laughs> no. Right. Come on. You know? And to me, what underpins all that is this sort of, um, he, he, like Han, recognizes how difficult the galaxy is mm-hmm. and how many challenges are going to be thrown at you. Uh, so there's that great evolution. But I like that everything that could be a joke, and honestly, I think in the 80s, to a lot of people, was a little bit of a joke attaching it all of Lando's character to Billy D. Williams' Colt 45 commercial. Right, right, right. You know, and making it like, I'm smooth, I'm a ladies' man, and uh, kind of almost a one-note joke. And I love that that has become, no, I I, I like looking nice. I like feeling nice. Mm-hmm. If life is going to be this hard, mm. I'm going to have the finer things. Right. Mm. I really like that. Like, in the actual original Ian Fleming, James Bond novels, it always gets lost in the movies, but, like, the detail I love is James Bond feels like he's going to die. So, like... I'm going to eat the nicest thing in the restaurant and to have the softest jammies because I might die tomorrow. And I think there's something of that in Lando of like, life is short. It's hard. You should wear the nicest things. You should drink the most exotic things and just celebrate life. Yeah, absolutely. There's a, there's a substance behind it that I, I think we see now. All the things you're saying, yeah, yeah. It's so funny. You grow up in that era. The Billy D is Lando. Lando is Billy D. Yeah. Hey, so is Princess Leia, Carrie Fisher, Harrison, Han, Luke, uh, Mark. We get that. Yeah. But the Colt 45 stuff, yeah, it's it almost melted into one. Right. He could have been in a cape in those commercials. <laughs> yeah. And been like, oh, Lando's <laughs> doing a commercial. <laughs> right. But um, beyond that is is uh, I love again the growth and and the la- last shot. I'm glad you brought up because. That's where I think Daniel Jose Older really succeeds is putting these big obstacles in front of these two heroes, Han and Lando. What would Lando's big obstacle be? He found a woman or a creature or an alien or whatever you want to say that he loved, you know, and that's this is a, a playboy. But it's not a playboy now. Going back to your point, Joseph, it's not just it's not just that he's a playboy because he's a playboy. That's the way he viewed the galaxy. Yeah. It's, it's part of his existence and maybe a, a safety net as well. So growth, growth, growth from land. Right, yeah. He was finding other people who were like, you also don't want to commit. It's, everything's too weird and scary to commit, right? So mm-hmm. let's have fun. And I yeah. love that they've also incorporated his ship, which we're now seeing with Solo in the definitely in the promotional things, where it's like we see that he has a cape closet and he has a fancy bar and it's pristine on the inside. And it's all it's not just because he's this flashy character, but it is rooted in substance. And like you're talking about. And I get this now as an adult. I want to have luxury. I want a day at the spa. <laughs> yeah. When I was like, you know, 15, so I, but it was like the total opposite. I'm like, I want to be grungy and grimy. Uh-huh. And, you know, now I'm like, no, give me some cushy slippers. Uh, give me a cape. We need, we need some cushy Lando slippers. That's for right. Yeah. I just want Lando to dress me. Uh, <laughs> so we talked a little bit about the difference between Empire and Jedi, but now that you're uh, adults and you've studied the films, Lando is kind of a different character from Empire to Jedi. Do you guys have a preference? Do you cling to the hero of Jedi, or do you like a little bit of the mysterious scoundrel of Empire? 
Mm, that's a good question, sir. I mean, for me, he just really stands out so much in Empire. I could watch those scenes over and over again. Yeah. Because I love the the turn that he makes when he first meets Han. Han. I love that he calls him Han, mm. uh, which we'll obviously learn more about in uh, Han Solo, the new Solo movie. Um, but yeah, I just feel like for me, Lando is most iconic in Empire. Yeah. There's just a lot more to to parse out there yeah yeah and i mean it's kind of fascinating we talk about him being so smooth but he's got some of the most uh technically maybe boring lines when he's talking about i got supply problems <laughs> like, yeah he's just talking about like running a business and right. uh, and it's still charming and exciting i am trying to i'm trying to give you an honest answer here oh. and i yeah. don't know really because jedi lando's Awesome, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's yeah. what I uh, said earlier. Oh, it's a safe, it's a safe person. It's a friendly face. He's going to help us. I love the s- Battle of Endor, Second Death Star. It's, yeah, it's probably why the movie still ranks so high in in my mind. Is that sequence? So, and and Nine Numb and Lando, man, mm-hmm. that's part of it. Yeah. yeah. So I I want to say that, but looking at where the character's gone, it's not like a I don't. It's not a boring version of him, but there's something more intriguing with Empire Lando and. As you get older and you talk to some friends that I knew who were crazy, wild playboys when I knew them in their 20s, and they're like, ah, I got to take the kid to Little League. I got a flight <laughs> to Boston to sell some supplies for my company yeah. that I work for. And I'm like, there's something now more than ever that I gravitate towards that. Maybe as a kid, it was Lando hanging off a skiff. Yeah. But there's yes. something, again, there's something so powerful and intriguing about that version of where he was and where he's going. Yeah. I'm kind of fascinated by it because I think in our modern uh, media discussion world, I feel like if those movies came out today, mm-hmm. there would be a lot of discussion and perhaps some anger about about leaving too much of uh, Empire's uh, Lando's character in Empire behind mm-hmm. in Jedi yeah. because he uh-huh. you can infer you know what he got to the point where he realized he couldn't run away from the problem or maybe is it just pure guilt mm. you know but why why did he make that change you can guess but I think my, if that if you did something like that where you know uh, in Episode Nine Poe Dameron is just sort of like I don't like to fly anymore right. everybody'd be like why yeah. Again, right. going to if you you know Jedi at the time, Return of the Jedi. Some people wasn't uh, was received as we we can forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, for me, seven year old, this was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, you're right. No, no, there is such a change. You have to look at the time period, which is what what do we got? Six, seven months, year to most between the movies, Empire and Return. Hmm. It's story. Yeah, mm-hmm. I forget that. Yeah, uh, I, I, it's, well, it changes. It, it changed. It's changed with yeah. it. Yeah, Canon. Um, Canon changes, not Canon. Canon. Kanan oh, changed it. We're, <laughs> oh my gosh! World between worlds. World no. between worlds. I'm missing out on a lot of rebels. No, 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 no. Yeah, but no, you're 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 right, Joseph. You're absolutely right. That that is it's it's almost not a different character, but he's in. He's indoctrinated. He's a general. Yeah. So you forget that he was a baron administrator that maybe we shouldn't have trusted at a time. Yeah, I mean, he's still smooth and charming. Yeah. And like they told him about my maneuver at the Battle of Tanab, and you know, still, you know, the bold, smart one yep. up there in the Falcon, all that stuff. He's yeah, great. but I felt like he kind of, and it's, it was more of an ensemble piece in some sense in Jedi. Yeah. So he fit into the ensemble nicely. But what I love about Empire is how you see his world, and it's visually stunning, right? Mm-hmm. Cloud City. You have the Ugnaught. You have, yeah. you know, Lobot. And I just am like, you have this be- these beautiful colors and just visually it's it's a sight to see. That's why I always go back to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I just to be really clear for fans, I'm not necessarily 
criticizing Return of the Jedi. I think it's no. a fair thing for sometimes films to do for to let the audience do the work of like you. We saw his whole world, as you're saying, Jennifer, yeah. and we know that it was taken from him. Yeah. So what else is he going to do? Yeah. What else? You know? he, and, no other choice. Yeah, and maybe he had guilt. You know, maybe uh, we'll talk a little bit more about his clothing. Maybe he didn't have any clothes. <laughs> <laughs> and the rebellion's right. like, here, have a smoking hot general's outfit, which I really like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. I wonder how much of you know with modern storytelling, which I love the way we you know have our stories told on screens and books and. And Game of Thrones brings in uh, heroes that are flawed, and uh, that's not something that George R. R. Martin created, but it exploded in the pop culture landscape and all that kind of stuff. Battlestar Galactica, even uh, mm. 10 years prior. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I wonder, you know, now, because you're right, it's like, no, Lando, he changed, he committed, and he's here for the fight, and we don't have shades of gray. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have him up on the Falcon. Why, why right. was I here? Night numb, I'm going to leave. Like, right. yeah. know, it's almost refreshing retroactively now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we follow through on the connection between Han and uh, Lando and the Falcon, and, yeah. you know, Lando taking it and having that be a big act of trust from Han. I wanted to talk about, real quick, about the. Uh, the idea that Lando was introduced to Empire in case Harrison Ford didn't agree to Return of the Jedi. Mm. How do you think we would feel as fans about Lando if the unthinkable had happened and Harrison Ford was not in Return of the Jedi and Lando just kind of swooped in and, and filled the Han role in some way? Speaking oh, of grumpy. <laughs> I can't even imagine. I can't imagine. It would have it been a huge uh, triumph. Mm-hmm. Just to see this character, especially a black man in that role, in such a in such a lead role, um, that would that would be pretty amazing. I do wonder how things would have changed. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'd be intrigued by it. But which which version? Which battle does he lead? Is he down there on the ground? Yeah. Or is he right, up there exactly. with Nagnum? Right. Or, or is it split off a little bit more like yeah. that in order to give? You know, like would have been a Lando on the ground and just random pilot that you know, or yeah. would have been wedges in the spotlight up oh, there. Wedge, you know, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. It's, I feel like some of that structure is to accommodate. Like, well, we introduced this character yeah. for lots of reasons, but one of them was just in case Harrison Ford's like, nope. <laughs> uh, and now we have this awesome character, and let's play with him a little bit. Uh, huh. I, 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 I think, yeah, it's unthinkable. You can't imagine that yeah. alternate timeline. But if you go into it, it would have made sense. Uh, Lando on on Endor on the ground would have made perfect sense. Yeah. Working with Chewie, they got a relationship. They go off at the end of Empire together, you know. To say, yeah. So you're already kind of like uh, getting used to that, that image of them on screen together. I think, I think it would have worked. Yeah, and it would have been in like to honor Han, you yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And fascinating. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So I want to talk about it, him being a man of style, of course. What's your favorite Lando outfit? Come on. Come <laughs> on. Well, now I will say, I mean, obviously I love the the Bespin cape and you know, that whole blue look. But now with this new solo look, I'm loving it. Yeah. With the bright yellow, because I always wear yellow and like the cool scarf <laughs> thing going on. <laughs> it's really sharp. Yeah. They're giving me a run. For the money, yeah. For the other one, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's a tie. Yeah, so you can't des- between blue, blue and yellow, Lando. No, I can't decide. <laughs> I can't decide. I love them both. It's a great look. That scarf. We've we've been joking about yeah. that scarf for a while. It's a it's a great look. But I'll tell you what, and I appreciate the man's fashion. I would want to wear the skiff guard. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to it. Surprise, surprise. It's Ken Napsack in disguise. Oh, yeah. I think it's such, such a cool Star Warsy design, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, just okay. like picturing you going about life, doing a podcast. <laughs> just wanna, just going, yeah. going over to Sizzler dressed as a skiff guard. Oh, yeah. Ken pulls down the mask. Here he is again. The guy's a bounty hunter coming in here. Pulls down the mask, yeah. gives a big nod. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's a, I love that big nod he gives Luke. Like, it's yeah, great. Right. I'm on top it's of this. Great. You know, I think 
think this is uh, part of my penchant for the underdog, but I love his general outfit. It's such mm. a, like, as general's outfits go, it's still generally that, but it's got a cape yeah. and it's styling. Right. Yeah. And I love his scene in Battlefront 2 uh, where you get to play as him and he's got the great uh, banter with Shriv. Sarcasm kind of can't believe he's still running around mopping up Imperials and wants to get on with things, but he's got that cool ass cape with mm. his general's outfit. Yeah, that's an underrated part of Battlefront 2. Yeah. Is, is Lando and Billy D doing the voice and the interaction with Shriv, their history, and him in action. Yeah, that's an underrated part of Battlefront yeah. 2. Yeah. And, a, and a victory for the character. Mm. And that outfit. Damn it. All right, so uh, as we're beginning to wrap up our Lando discussion, I want to touch on some of the classic Lando mysteries. Uh, the first of which is why is he wearing Han's clothes at the end of Empire? Mm-hmm. Han's clothes, but buttoned up. Mm-hmm. Right. You, uh, for generations, this has been one of the questions, right? <laughs> yeah. It's been a joke. Uh, it's been a stand-up bit. I'm sure it's been a story. It's been everything. Yeah. It's been part of it. Uh, I don't know if we have that answer yet, but it, it might have just been, you know, he needed a change of clothes and that was there. But yeah. what you're introducing or reintroducing into my brain about Harrison never signed for a third picture. We weren't sure if he's coming back. How about we just have Lando dress like him? <laughs> just make that visual connection to visual ease people connection. into it? Absolutely. <laughs> I, that might be the real world answer. We're going to dive into that there. But uh, I, I still think, you know, he was uh, taken. Fr- he wasn't. He didn't pack. No, he did not. Yeah. And I'm sure uh, the, his clothes weren't just sitting on the Falcon. He had to grab what was there. Yeah. yeah. How, do, mm. how do you feel, Jennifer? What's your answer to the ancient mystery? Yeah. So in universe, I think it's because he didn't want to look flashy. You know, if you're going to maybe, if you're going to go on an adventure, you're not going to wear your, your best been finest. You're going to want to kind of dress down a little bit. But John Molo, the costume designer, this is like the mm. supposed the real answer, that is great. that he just actually gave uh, Billy D a similar set of clothes as Hans. It's not actually... Harrison Ford's outfit because they're two totally different sizes. But yeah, he just dressed him in that way. No reason why. Like, I don't know if that came from George or Mm. if it was just John Molo's decision. Yeah. But yeah, it is curious. It makes a little bit more sense, I think, to kind of uh, older Star Wars, uh, you know, before everything, before there's a story group to get super nitpicky about canon to be like, this is the kind of thing that smugglers wear, right? Right, exactly. He used to be a smuggler. He was doing his fancy Bespin stuff with Cape, but now he's going to smuggle with the vest, like smugglers do. Right, <laughs> it's right. so weird And, and like, Erwin Kirshner was just like, I'm worried about the smooching <laughs> in the film, so we'll dress them how you want. And I think Billy D even talked about it in an interview where he was like, oh, I believe it's like a like an old army uniform. Like, it's just like a, kind of a standard thing. That, oh, that the people, vest itself? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, Interesting, yeah. yeah. That was his rationale, Billy D's rationale. That mm-hmm. all makes sense to me. I like the bizarre headcanon that, that Chewie's still a little pissed. And it's like, well, hey, Lando doesn't have any clothes uh, <laughs> except for that blue blue shirt. And like, all right, um, Han's got a couple things in the closet. Just so you remember what you did to Han, <laughs> why don't you dress exactly like him? <laughs> is, like, you wear your guilt. Yeah. Right, right. Shame. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like that. Uh, other classic mystery is how did he get the job as the skiff guard security at Jabba's Palace? That's some bad HR. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. Yeah, it is interesting. Uh, Lando's pretty famous among the yeah. this set, right? Yeah. So they'd know like that. Is, hey, isn't that the smoothest, best-dressed guy in the galaxy? Uh, yeah, didn't I run into that guy uh, when I refueled at, uh, at Bespin? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think and a lot of that might fall on Bib Fortuna's shoulders. <laughs> oh, yeah. Major Domo, he's the guy running the admin of that place. Yeah. Big mistake. Huge, I, big 
I'd like to think it's like one of those cartoon gags where there there already was a, a skiff guard there and he like just knocked him out and put on his, put clothes, on his clothes. Oh, yeah. And just kind of, you know, uh, I'm blending into the background <laughs> here. Classic Same stars. guy. No yeah. one yeah. notices. Yeah. Right. After reading Last Shot, I want to believe it is the most elaborate heist. Like you could do the Lando is a skiff guard, a Star Wars story. That <laughs> oh, like, yeah. You know, he had a slicer who came up with some fake ID, got yeah. his finger, uh, like his fingerprints briefly changed and yeah. like total infiltration this just huge elaborate thing so he could be on the skiff and fight one guy because i want to know like first day of work like what do you 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 stand there like yeah and how much he you know if you go undercover you know serpico baby if you're undercover sometimes (laughs) you got to do things that you don't wouldn't normally do but keep up the cover you got to shoot the guy Mm -hmm. because when that trap door opens and he's like he immediately goes to Leia, like don't move i got don't you don't want to fall down there He's seen some stuff, mm-hmm. you know. How long? How long <laughs> did Lando have to do the job? Yeah, right. Yeah. How long huh? was he there? Yeah, and all the convolution with Luke's plan. If he like yep. says like, "Luke, hey, here's what I'm doing. I'm going undercover." And Luke's like, "Great, I have another plan. Don't worry, I'll I'll be around in a bit. <laughs> I'm gonna mess things up horribly." Yeah, I mean, you. I assume you know your plan won't work, Lando, and then I'll come in. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> good stuff. All right, we uh, always like to end conversations with just a fun question. If you could do anything with Lando, what would it be? Where would you go? What activity? Mm. It's a tough one. Jennifer? Yeah. Jen? I think that if I, if I were to travel anywhere, I'm imagining Europe, mm. you know, Italy. Oh, yeah. He would be the person I'd hit up, and he would just take you to the best restaurants and the best bars, and he'd know everyone at the place. You'd walk in through the kitchen. Oh, it'd be magical. <laughs> magical. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll have you go last, Ken. Uh, I, I hadn't been... I'd been thinking generally, like, what's an exotic place, but an exotic place that he might feel a little, uh, have to question himself. Mm. So Mm. I want to go on, like, a not great cruise with him. (laughs) Not great. Like, yeah, like, not total, like, uh, party one, but, like, uh, Mm. Holland America is, like, the older uh, cruise line, or cruise line for older people. Mm. So it's still classy and fun, and the food is good, but there's not that much excitement to be had. Mm-hmm. So you'd still get that Lando showing you the finest things, drinking, but maybe he'd get a little restless yeah. and he'd open up because uh, I want to be shown an exciting time. But I think I think I just want to get him on my podcast, you know, and <laughs> get him to really open up, you know, get him to the point of like, OK, I got nothing to do, but yeah. face myself and and, you know, sit down and talk some real truth, <laughs> real truth. Get some advice. Yeah. From Lando. Uh, my answer is I probably similar to you because I just I think it's in my brain because I just last Last week, I went to downtown L.A. on a little bar crawl with some friends. Fun. Uh, my friend Owen led this little galactic, intergalactic uh, smugglers uh, union uh, down there downtown. We had some fun. So I'd wanted to go out drinking with Lando. But I like your version, kind of the planet-to-planet bar hop. Yeah. <laughs> right. Traveling around. But not just because, I mean, again, going back to the deeper stuff we said earlier, not just because he's the, you know, the... He'll know all the spots, all this, but I also I think I'd feel safe with him. Yeah, you know, he'd know how to make it work. Yeah, that is a great, great answer. And uh, thanks for going along on this look at Lando. I know everyone is excited to get to see uh, perhaps another side of him, perhaps even more details, or perhaps just a young, flashy, cocky guy in a cape in Solo, a Star Wars story. But big cheers to Lando. He's important uh, for representation, and he's important to show all of the different facets of growth in Star Wars. One of the key characters that expanded that 
franchise way back then in 1980. Thank you, Joseph, for leading us through that discussion. Absolutely. As always, though, we like to close the show with some audience questions. You can reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook. We'll tell you more of those details soon. But first up here is Derek Zulner at Zulner. I like that name. That is powerful. Like a god of some Greek god of some kind. <laughs> Thor and Zulner are coming down to take on Thanos. It seems like we tend to assume that episode nine will be more like six with a wrap up of the First Order and some sort of redemption. Have you considered if it's more like episode three, not the wrap up, but an even bigger defeat and fall? Pronounced Zellner, he said. <laughs> <laughs> Zellner. <laughs> Zulner. <laughs> Thor and Zulner. <laughs> you put that at note at the end. I'm sorry, I was gonna I was gonna uh, interrupt you, you, but you were on a roll. Yeah, uh, you know what? <laughs> so great. Well played, sir. Your sense of comedy is perfection. <laughs> I, I feel guilty though. No, no. And, like no. I was gonna be like, oh I, I think you put an and then but the <laughs> the Zul stuff is so fun. You just got a yes and you just got oh, a yes and and see where the adventure took. So Zara, Derek Zellner. He is also the Greek god Zulner. All right. <laughs> I love this question, though, Derek. It's a great one. I, a I've great seen one. this come across like when I'm on Twitch and, and, and I'm taking questions with, with my, my, my supporters there. Like, well, what if nine leads to ten? Now, this is a different version of the question, Joseph. Yeah. It isn't nine leading to ten. Mm-hmm. It is nine going to a different spot. It's just leaving the galaxy in darkness. Yeah. <laughs> like, deal with it. Mm. Drop the space mic and walk <laughs> away. It's a fascinating line of thought. Um, I think for me, for episode nine, I'd be thrilled if it ended a little bit more ambiguously instead of just like it's a party and they're looking at the the camera and, uh, you know, singing or, or you know, <laughs> like Lando clapping. Yeah. Uh, if it is ended on a little bit more of a note of like, what's next? Like we mm-hmm. won. The resistance won. First order has been pushed back. But now what? And end with a little bit more of an ellipsis. I think that would be cool. I'm not sure about like half of our characters die, leave it in darkness. Yeah. That might be impossible, Jennifer. I'm really conflicted because it depends on what is coming next. And we don't know what's coming next. But I agree. I think that having it kind of like it needs to have some sort of resolution, but not too much. And it certainly can't be too dark. There has to be some sort of triumph, but just a little bit of, of what, you know, what is to come looking at our future. Yeah, ah, it's tough. It's the challenge of the trilogy formula, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like three act screenplays, three act stories we got here, and you're going to want some kind of happy ending. It would be very brave if it wasn't. I just think it's too impossible. And I don't think, again, this doesn't lead to 10. And even if you get 10 and 11 and 12, I think that's coming years from now. Yeah. Right. You know, we might have the first uh, Star Wars retirement podcast by the time <laughs> we get some of that kind of stuff. So um, I, I love this idea, though, Derek. I, I really do want to see some darkness. And if the redemption for Kylo comes, I don't mind if it's similar to the redemption Vader had that, that happened in death. So I, I like the ellipses there. You got Joseph. With the state of the galaxy, we've got to do it again. We've got to rebuild it. Yeah. We'll figure it out. So thank you, Derek Zellner. Mark Gambles on Facebook reached out and asked, what's your favorite piece of headcanon? Mine is that the Death Troopers are the last batch of clones. That's why they have muffled voices, they're all the same height, and are better than ordinary stormtroopers. <laughs> oh, headcanon. What do we got here? Jennifer, you got some funny, weird headcanon? I have so many, that, I, but when I, when I looked at this question, I'm like, I don't even know. I mean, one could be that Han Solo has a closet full of the same outfit where it's just the <laughs> vest and that shirt. <laughs> That's all Lando had a choice to pick from. Um, I love the Jar Jar is actually a powerful force user and was m- manipulative. Oh, yeah. That is great. That's mm. really fun for me. 
So I like that. Yeah. Watch it in a whole new light. <laughs> <laughs> it does recreate it. Uh, for me, it's the people have heard me ramble about it the last uh, couple uh, months. I love the idea that the reason the Jedi and like farmers on Tatooine and even Galen Erso mm. on Lemu uh, wear similar kind of robes to Jedi is because the Jedi tradition is like monks where they just wanted simple robes. They didn't want anything ornate. They didn't want capes. They just wanted to look like your average person, and that's yeah. why it's the same mm. or I, similar. I think that's an important piece of Ed Cannon. <laughs> I, yeah. think, I think that's uh, why you do Star Wars counseling and do it well in our show because it's like you hear that and you go, oh, no, no, no. That makes perfect sense, and I will adapt this to yeah. ease any doubts and questions I might have in my mind. I, You know, I, like all of you, I've had Ed Cannon in, in my head for years because I was supposed to be Han and Leia's son in episode seven when I was, <laughs> when I was eight. I, I wrote this story in my head. Um, uh, but I, I, one of my favorite ones is, is when characters show up that, and, and, and they're pulled in from EU back in the day. And uh, Quinlan Voss, Ooh. sitting there watching Qui-Gon, a man he knew very well, <laughs> get into some sort of trouble, but having to keep up again, the Serpico type, undercover type of yeah. attitude. I love whatever's going on there. And in my head canon, I know there's stories been told of it and there's a lot of, you have to kind of have to have this story because yeah. again, he, this character that is Quinlan Voss there. I, I just, I have this elaborate plan where they, they winked at each other. Some quarters, Qui-Gon was communicate. I've got this. Don't worry about it. Continue on with your mission. We don't want to mutually blow each other's cover. I just think they've had their own in their own mind that, and also as a bonus uh, one, this is an old Jedi Alliance headcanon that we always had fun with. Uh, and I think you were there for some of it, Joseph, is that is uh, uh, Qui-Gon and Shmi. Oh, yes. The heat was between them. Mm, yes. Yeah. Yes. They one. are two responsible adults who <laughs> shared a tender moment. Yes. yes. Yeah. That's a good one. Leave a tender moment alone. <laughs> Thank you, Mark, for that. And your and I enjoy your headcanon, too, the Death Troopers. That's great. Uh, elite Stormtroopers, the last batch nice of clones, one. question mark? On Patreon, where we always like to take two questions, we have Philip Beatty saying, what random mundane real-life things remind you of Star Wars? My wife is pregnant at the minute, and she has a long pillow that wraps around her for comfort. One <laughs> evening, she fell asleep like this and suddenly reminded me of Bodie Rook and the Boar <laughs> Gullet. <laughs> for some reason, she didn't find this as funny as I did. Uh, ha, ha, ha. Also, every time I see the moon during daylight, I can't help but think of the Death Star looming over Scarif. Oh, that's a great image. Mm. Thanks, guys. Great podcast. Podcast feed, he says to us. So, that's great. All right, real life mundane things there. Uh, Jennifer, you got some? Oh, yeah. When you're in the bathroom at, <laughs> at like, oh, I'm thinking at the mall or something, or yeah. and I go to the towel dispenser and I wave my hand and mm. I, in my mind, pretend I'm doing a Jedi mind trick on the towel dispenser to give me some towels. And then the worst part is when it doesn't, nothing comes out. And then I just keep waving my hand. Oh, but it's enjoyable. <laughs> you are not strong with the force today. Do or do not. Do or do not. <laughs> Love Make that. that paper towel come out. Oh, so many things. Uh, yeah. yeah, I've told the story of like uh, seeing beautiful sunset when I was a kid and saying, oh, it's Batman. And my mother yep. getting really worried. Like, it's not real. It's mm. not real. So many things do. But lately, uh, there's this car that drives around my neighborhood. It's often parked in front of my house. It's a nice kind of sporty car. It's all white and then it has two red stripes. 
and it looks like the packaging for The Last Jedi. And every time I see, those, <laughs> see that car, it's like, I want to buy a toy. <laughs> <laughs> having, having gone to your house, I've seen that You've car parked out front. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, for me, you know, I grew up near the beach, Pismo Beach, California. We used to go out and play in the sand dunes. Big, long, you know, stretch of sand dunes there. So I used to always, that just obviously immediately would take me to Tatooine. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. But I, and I, I think I've talked about this in the Knapsack Files. Maybe not so much here in Force Center. Still to this day, if I get on the freeway, particularly late at night, and you know I'm driving home from a writing meeting in Pasadena, and I've got like a 20 minute stretch on the freeway, I do a clear for takeoff. We're going to do our bombing, and I my whole thing <laughs> is a space flight in an X-wing. Uh, the other cars on the road are either Tie Fighters that I shoot down, sound <laughs> effects included, and then when I get off in the on ramp, that's launching my proton torpedoes. I Seriously, honestly, still do this to this day. I've done this since the beginning of, uh, you know, 18, 17, 18, when I got my driver's license. Call me a nerd. I understand, but it's fun. <laughs> Very That's fun. That's great. Very fun. <laughs> All right, let's close the show with two combined questions from Patreon about Favreau Wars. This is the show <laughs> here that we talked about up top. Sean Arnold asks first, do you think the Favreau series will introduce characters from the Aftermath books, maybe leading up to the Battle of Jakku? Would love to see a live-action Mr. Bones. And let's just throw in Kyler Allred's story. What stories do you hope are told in this series? Do you think we'll see any of the legacy heroes, Luke, Leia, Han, or Lando? So a lot to digest there, but let's dive on in. I think people want to hear a little more from us on the Favreau-led TV show. Joseph, Jennifer, dive on in here. What do we think? What do we think? Uh, Aftermath will start there, Joseph, a book you and I know uh, uh, pretty well. I would love to see some of those characters. And it's been really confusing information uh, over this weekend about the timeline. So I'm, this is, I think this is after Jakku, uh, the the show for sure. Um, So, but I would love to catch up with one of those characters. Uh, Mm -hmm. Mr. Bones, maybe, I don't want to give spoilers. But uh, Sinjur Rath Vallis, who showed up in Last Shot. I love that character. I would love to see him pop up. What's his husband's husband's name? Condor, right? Condor. Condor Condor Kyle? Yes. Yeah. Uh, So I would love to see uh, those characters on screen. I'd love to see Nora Wexley. I'd love Mm -hmm. to see Snap. Um, All sorts of great characters from Aftermath. Or any of those various tangents that we've talked about a lot. uh, The interludes. The strange sort of sheriff ranger on Tatooine who seems to have taken Boba Fett's mm. armor. And you got Malakili raising another baby <laughs> Rancor. Like this, this could be yeah, what's the Avengers guy? of Malakili and Teen Rancor. Uh, what is that? Cobb Vanth, right? Cobb Cob Vanth. It's, it's such an old style Western yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's the, also the uh, I, I didn't super connect with this chunk of the book, mm. but there's those uh, pirates who took a Star Destroyer. Yes. Who just successfully stole it, and like, this is how we're going to live our life. We got one of the last remaining Star Destroyers. <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, the Acolytes of Beyond, yep, too, with yep. that, a lot of that kind of stuff there. I, I, I don't know, Jennifer, I know you're not as familiar with the Aftermath series uh, as we are there, so... Uh, Nora Wexley, another mother, Snap Wexley's mother. Right. Ray Sloan, I don't know how much we're going to dive into the formation of the First Order here. I don't, yeah. I don't, I have a sense not. I don't think yeah, so. I don't think but so. But I would love to see Ray Sloan at some point in live action. Any thoughts on that there before we get to the stories we want to hear? Yeah, I think that be- John Favreau's answer and the way that he's been, you know, ruminating on this story for so long, I think that they're going to be brand new characters. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think yeah. he's read the Aftermath books. What I think that could happen is that he comes up with a character and then maybe the 
story group could come in and say, oh, you know, actually, we have a similar character like mm-hmm. that in this book. This is a supporting character. Let's make that that character to kind of tie things together. Yeah. So I think that he's coming in this with a fresh perspective of whatever ideas he has. And I think that Lucasfilm is going to come in and kind of maybe connect those dots a little bit more. That's kind mm-hmm. of where I'm going with from it. From all the reports I've heard from various authors, they say, honestly, that is how the story group works. So mm-hmm. if he goes like, hey, I want um, a retired fighter who fought in the rebellion and has mixed feelings about it. Like They'll go like, well, would you want Wedge or do you want Nora Wexley because that character exists? Exactly. And that'd like be that. fun. Yeah. yeah, so that's really exciting. I, I, I love that. I love that stuff there, too. And for, in terms of stories we want from the series, things we want to get to, and, and, and the heroes of the, uh, the legends that we know and love, that is going to be very difficult. We're mm-hmm. getting to that dreaded word, recasting. Um, what do you guys feel about that? We, we don't know. The Empire doesn't really exist in this time period. All those kind of things, Joseph. Where, yeah. where do you want the stories to go? I want the stories to be uh, uh, micro-focused. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want it to be about the New Republic forming the government. I want it to be about a, either a group of, you know, scoundrels or pirates. I want it to be about a planet that is having conflict with maybe like just next door planet. Maybe it's just Mandalore and the politics of Mandalore. So I want it to be small focused. And for me then that means like maybe some of the huge legacy characters would show up with the dreaded R word Mm -hmm. of recasting. But I think it's much more likely that there'd be a reason to have them watch a hollow of Mon Mothma or Mm -hmm. Mon Mothma comes, you know, to Mandalore to negotiate something. Mm. I, I think it's going to be that kind of thing where we are firmly introduced to a totally new cast. As he said, they will prove themselves and then maybe just like they did in rebels Mm -hmm. or like back in the day, star Trek, the next generation mostly stood on its own. Then Scotty and Spock started to show up and they had a cameo from McCoy in the pilot. But I think it's going to be like that where Mm -hmm. you get a little cameo. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with this uh, news that he's been working on this for a bit here. <laughs> yeah. there, there's certainly going to be some connections as they refine the story and, and, and bring other people on to help create it with him. Uh, the Mandalorians, I really, really love the Mandalorians because I think he does too. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Favre's a fan. He's very quick. If you watch the interview with Dan Casey over there, he's like, yeah, you, you I, I was pre-Vizsla. Like, he's <laughs> like very proud, uh, yeah. as he should be, about this great character. And we don't know where the the story the mandalorians and their history is intriguing but what's intriguing to me especially after the last season of rebels and the return of bo-katan is well then what happens to them yeah they go off and the galactic civil war happens and they're over on their planet just hanging out yeah what's the what stuff there so i I think there and i wouldn't mind seeing some of the aftermath no pun intended of of the big battle on the small level that you're saying yeah um, or do we get the acolytes beyond hunting for relics of Vader, that kind of thing? Do we get to see Chief Chirpa hand over his, uh, <laughs> I don't know, that kind of thing? I just don't think it will, it can't focus, recasting or not, on the, the Hong, Luke, and Leia stuff. Yeah. It just can't. Yeah. Me too. I, I agree. We're going to be moving away from that for sure, I think, yeah. now going forward. I mean, I could see Mark Hamill making this tiny little cameo. Later on down the line. Sure. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Mm. Be interesting. Mm -hmm. So to Sean Arnold and Kyler Allred, thank you for asking the Favreau combined questions. And Philip, Mark, and Derek Zellner, we appreciate your Mm -hmm. questions. You want a question uh, read here on (laughs) Force Center? You want us to mess up your name? Here's how you can do it. Uh, Go to Twitter at Force Center Pod. Our Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We have a website, forcecenterpod.podomatic.net. 
with new merch available on TeePublic, you should check out tpublic.com slash user slash force center. And as always, tweet us your merch picks and we'll reshare them. Podcasts available in a lot of different spots, including Apple Podcasts and Google Play. But patreon.com slash force centers where, Joseph, we're working for some new goals. That is right. We are building towards goals of new commentary. We released a special audio commentary of Phantom Menace for our patrons, and then we put it up in its video edition uh, on YouTube. That's right. You can watch us watch a movie. The future is bizarre and delightful, but we want to do both the audio and video for all of the Star Wars movies, and you can really help make that happen by visiting us at patreon.com slash center. Absolutely. We're about out of here, but not before we tell you where to find our wonderful work, starting with the mother of the crew, <laughs> Jennifer Landa. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jennifer Landa. I'm going to be posting some videos on my Facebook page, Jennifer Landa. So check out that. Absolutely. Mr. Scrimshaw. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram and all the social media is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And you can also go to my website, josephscrimshaw.com, which has all sorts of information about comedy albums you can buy, live shows you can come to. I have uh, one coming up here in Los Angeles called Game Night that is going to be on May 25th, the opening weekend of Solo. (laughs) I'll see the movie a bunch of times and then I'll do a show and we'll have some solo stuff in that, again, that's my website, josephscrimshaw.com, and check out the live shows page. Absolutely. They're fun. I, I've got a wedding that night as well. Otherwise, I, I, I love your shows. Guys, if you're local, check out Joseph's shows. They're, uh, they're a different kind of fun vibe, not your normal stand-up comedy shows <laughs> in the back of a coffee shop, all right? This is fun. Check it out. Highly recommend it. You can follow me at Ken Napsock. That includes Twitch, twitch.tv slash Ken Napsock, where I'm... I'm studying for a, a tough match here on June 6th against Mr. Scrimshaw himself mm-hmm. and our friend mm-hmm. Alex Damon at Star Wars Explained, a live movie trivia Schmodown at the El Portal Theater in North Hollywood. You can go to schmodownlive.com for tickets, and I'll be on Twitch kind of trying in vain, possibly, to research and study. Yes, yes, even though we know a lot about Star Wars, Jennifer included, we all kind of have to sit down and reread some of the notes. Mm -hmm. That's right. Cram it into your brain. I got my little Yoda book where I write down super obscure facts. (laughs) (laughs) And then when I'm waiting in line somewhere, I'm just going to flip through my book. Very smart, sir. So that's going to be fun. Not on Twitch, but if you see me in person, just shout a question. (laughs) Just just (laughs) scream across the grocery store. Just see me at the grocery store. store. Just be like... What was this character's name? Ah, ah, oh my god! Who played Mon Mothma? <laughs> uh, that is it for this week's. Thank you so much for listening. Send in your questions. Check out Smuggler's Run on Audible. And that is it for the smoothest smuggler turned general in the galaxy, Lando Calrissian. We'll see you guys next time here on Force. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.